three, two, one. Chuck, were you crazy late? No. Me and Ian clapped at the same time, and then you were like three seconds after that on my on my feed. That's so weird. Why? Why? Because you're you're you are really far away. Yes, but Ian is at the same one as me. Yeah, but you clap you clap at the same time as me. Deliberate. That's the point. Because of it. he's counting. So me and you, to you, are always going to be in sync. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> how are you? Fair how enough. are you the one that doesn't get this? How are you the one that doesn't get this? Oh my god. Because I'm the dumb one. I'm the smart dumb one. Come on. Oh my goodness. Simple things that every me. week. Chuck, were you out? <laughs> every week. And no, it never is. Never is. You're you're always at a different time as well. But I just let it go. Yeah, of course, of course. But Ian, who are you synced with? Me or him? I'm, well, himself no, doesn't you, matter. You, you both are delayed to me, but it just gives me a starting point for the pod. That's literally what it does. Time isn't time fascinating. Episode one hundred and thirty-nine. I can't believe you haven't started the fucking music yet, though. You have that power. To another episode of the Miles Offside podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nonsense. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy from Afar, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Quiz Wizard Chuck Bailey and Super Producer Ian Stimson. How's it going, gentlemen? Why do you bury the lead from the high energy? We want high energy. We got <laughs> football. We wanted football. By golly, did we get football? I believe they call that a humdinger. Yeah, that sexy voice was just a shout out for Patreon Jeff, who did message us in the Slack and was like, ooh, quite turned on by that intro. Can we get more of that? I was like, yeah, I'll split the difference. I'll come in high energy on the end, welcome, and then go sexy at the end there. Oh, well. oh Ian, how are you feeling after uh, getting substituted in right before the penalties and being the big hero in the UEFA Super Cup? You feeling good about that? or What? I'm Kepper now. I'm not the Kepper of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Goalkeeping ability ranks at a similar level, but... <laughs> Maybe. I yeah. forgot about that. Why... Why, after the first week of the football, were you talking about a super friendly and like Kepa getting subbed on, not refusing not to come on, refusing to let in penalties? Is that what he did? Yeah. That's what he refused? I don't know. He actually did a good job for once. It's, it, when Kepa does a nice thing, I feel like it's worth mentioning. Okay. Let's check in on uh, Posh Island. Mr. Stimson, how's it going in the championship? It's been a, a roller coaster since we last spoke. Um we lost, yeah, we lost 3-0 on the opening uh, opening championship game to uh, Luton. Then we Good. lost 4-0 in the League Brilliant. Cup to uh, League One side Plymouth Argyle, Green Army. Um, so, yeah. Relegated. So, so, yeah, seven, exactly, yeah, immediately relegated from the Cup. You're back in the Papa John's. <laughs> where we belong, where we belong after these performances, frankly. Um, and then we were on telly playing Derby. Um, on Saturday lunchtime, and I was convinced, oh God, we're gonna, we're gonna fucking go down to Derby, aren't we? It's gonna be awful. And, um, two injury time goals meant that we won it 2 1. So, one of our probably only wins this year, but I'll take it. 91st and 100th minute goals. That's what you want. Yeah. That's what yep. you want, isn't it? Yep. yep. Fucking Rooney, egg on your oh, granny loving face. Rooney <laughs> fucked me off something chronic, man. I mean, he the the look on his face, the angry look on his little Shrek face was brilliant when oh that that goal went in. But then afterwards, in the post match, goes on about fucking 
Oh, and it was clear to Here anyone watching Strap that in. we were the best team. I'm, I was not happy with Rudy at all. It was clear to anyone watching that we were the best team. It was, uh, that was obvious for all to see. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? He was moaning about the injury time. It's like that was to get your player whose calf had exploded safely off the field. I, yeah, I did not, wasn't happy with Rooney at all. But fuck him. We won 2-1. He's got no players. He's going to be running out 17-year-olds and kit men next week, I think. So fuck him. Is he going to come out of retirement to be player manager again? They need a striker. That is the thing. They, there they, you they go. their striker who went. I mean, you do wonder. You think he could probably do a job. Because Rooney injured the striker. Was he the one that Rooney injured? <laughs> <laughs> he turned up to practice with a baseball bat and was like, oops, sorry, I guess we need a striker now. Enough of this shit. All right, all right, Let's all right. talk real football. Yes, let's get straight to it then. Uh, if you are joining us for the first time, welcome. We're very happy to have you. Uh, we are Miles Offside, we're one American, two Brits, and we try to talk about the Premier League, but often get quite distracted by things like Posh Island and... Uh, yeah, you let me have a couple of minutes at the top of the podcast for championship. Football. Yeah, I gotta start with the important stuff. It's not gonna happen often if we're only doing it for wins, so... Yeah, kind of <laughs> yeah exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> gotta give it the highlight when it deserves it. Um, but... We do like to start things off around here with our very, very famous segment for the first time this season. With our, uh, with our famous segment, <clears throat> Rapid, Rapid, Rapid Fire News. Our top story this evening, gentlemen, La Liga clubs have agreed a $2.1 billion rights deal, but that was rejected by Real Madrid and Barcelona, a deal that will see 10% of the league's commercial rights acquired by a private equity firm. Madrid, Barcelona, and Atletico, and an unnamed second division side were the only four clubs of the 42 in Spain's top two divisions to reject it. And that does come in at the same time as Barcelona being $1.3 billion in debt, and uh, Real Madrid denying reports that they were looking to join the Premier League. (laughs) What is happening to La Liga? I mean, how... It's going under, dude. That's what's happening. Real Madrid are taking La Liga themselves to court. Like, they've got this deal to try and get them a load of money. Funnily enough, it's the right amount of money that, like, if Barca had just said yes, they could have kept Messi and wouldn't be um, as, I think it's Laporta is the guy or the news article or whatever it is, the news company, said that um, Barcelona's net worth is now minus 475 million. Like, sort your fucking shit out. Swallow your humble pie. Stop trying to (laughs) muscle in and join the Premier League. We don't want you. (laughs) But stop signing players you can't afford to pay. Yeah, I think La Liga and the Serie A, the Italian league, should just combine because like half those teams are on the verge of going under in both of those countries. Like, well, That's why the Super League was such a, a hard push last year. I think these guys saw the tea leaves and knew what was coming down the line. Well, yeah, but then why not? This is like they're overboard and someone's thrown them a, a, a dinghy thing, thrown them a, a life ring and they've gone, no, I'll wait for the golden one that's coming down the line. It doesn't matter if I fucking drown during it, but I'll wait for, I'll wait for the golden <laughs> one. Don't worry about that. It's, it's bizarre. I mean, just, oh, honestly, yeah. I'm, I'm only, I'm sort of vaguely happy that the Premier League teams all seem okay, even though the Premier League has been the worst, <laughs> the worst waster of money and resources in all of it and somehow it's La Liga and other leagues that are taking the brunt of it but um, the the football model is broken as a business model and they are the first to just 
suffer. I mean, maybe it's coming down the pipe for for oh, uh, Premier League teams as well. I'm, well, definitely I'm, below the Premier League division. Like, we're going to start seeing Championship and League One, League Two clubs obviously lower down the pyramid, start going under. I think this season. Well, maybe, but I don't think that what I'm saying is I don't think the levels of excess are quite the same down there. Like the the Premier League is the the pinnacle of of British football excess where. You know, we we welcome foreign owners with loads of money spending well over their turnover. So I'm I'm just surprised it's not the Premier League that's gone first. That's yeah, all I'm, I mean, that's it, all I'm it, you know, the the main story here was the 2.1 billion dollar TV rights deal. Like yeah. that is the secret to the Premier League. That's why the 20 richest clubs are the 20 Premier League clubs, like plus a handful of others. You know, and it's mad that four out of 42 didn't want it, so it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, that seems like pretty overwhelming majority. Like, how many votes do the, I guess Real Madrid and Barcelona's votes count for forty each? They probably have veto power or something, don't they? Yeah, almost certainly because they. I mean, they would have got more of the money anyway. Like, it's not like the Premier League where you need fourteen, like fourteen to vote something in the first time to get yeah. it nailed in, and afterwards it's a it's literally a straight majority, I believe. After that, but oh well, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, honestly, good fucking riddance to La Liga, to me, in my opinion. Like, the less teams there are competing with Chelsea, the better. Yeah, and the Bundes- Bundesliga is going to be on telly more here now. So, mm. um, you know, I'm enjoying them just quietly chugging along, just being like, yeah, we're just going to keep our well-run, oiled, well-oiled run yeah. machine. <laughs> yeah, keep it going. All right, well, uh, speaking of keeping it going, let's go ahead and move on to our next story. And this is a running segment that we had going last year. We're going to be coming back in with highlighting as much as we can of any sort of bigotry and or problematic behavior in the game shine whatever little spotlight we have um so this first story is that the uk was quote by far the main origin of abhorrent racist abuse on twitter after the england after england lost the euro 2020 final according to the social media platform marcus rashford bukayo saka and Jaden sancho were all abused after missing penalties twitter removed 1622 tweets in the following 24 hours and say that identify identity verification would have been unlikely to prevent said abuse. Um, of the permanently suspended accounts, 99% of their owners were identifiable. So that kind of has often been the thing that people say like, oh, let's just make uh, make Twitter not anonymous and that'll cut, cut down on the abuse. Pretty fucking clearly that is not how that's going to go. I mean, you know, we were going to kind of couple this in with the, the homophobic um, chance that happened at Liverpool um this week as well to um billy gilmore yeah let me go ahead and just read that headline because uh, we do have that here as well i guess we can fold it in uh liverpool have condemned alleged homophobic chanting aimed at norwich's on loan midfielder billy gilmore at carrow road on saturday liverpool said the chant was offensive and inappropriate we urge supporters to remember the inclusive values of the club and to refrain from using it in the future um, that is a chant that's been aimed at Chelsea players for many, many years now, almost 20 years now at this point. It's quite a, quite a long time. But, you know, people talk about being identifiable on Twitter and all this kind of thing, you know, and it's, it's fair enough that Twitter come out and say exactly where they're located from. And we could identify 99% of these people. But these people literally stand in stadiums surrounded by thousands and thousands of people and shout homophobic. I've heard racist abuse at Crystal Palace. It's a difficult kind of thing to breach when you've got groups of people nearby. I haven't been for a couple of years, admittedly, and heard this. But, you know, I have heard those kind of things. And it is in my club. It is in your club. It is in everyone's club. And this goes beyond any sort of football tribalism or, oh, we don't want those fans in our club. No, this is about stamping it out. And, 
you know, if you're out there saying that clubs shouldn't applaud to show support for players like Bukayo Saka, for example, when they've been substituted on recently, which has happened so far by Tottenham and Brentford. Yeah, um, that was good. If your whole angle on that is going to say, oh, that's ridiculous, I'm not going to do that, then you're prioritising football tribalism over racial equality or just any sort of equality in society. And quite frankly, you can fuck off. Yeah, seriously. And if you are one of the one of our listeners who are lucky enough to be able to attend games regularly, obviously during the pandemic that has cut down, but you know, in general, I would just urge you to be one of the people that does like, you know, call a steward over and is like, hey, that guy's, you know, saying X, Y, and Z. Um, you guys should do something about that because as awkward as that situation might be, um, it is on those people to help out because I can't really call anyone out from America land. And it's the right thing to do. You know, it sucks. It's awkward, but we're trying to make the world a little bit better. Hopefully, because you listen to us and you continue to listen to us at this point, you know that that's the type of person that we uh, encourage you all to be and admire and all that. So, you know, just do your part. Chip in if you see anything. Say something. Uh, because the sooner we can make stadiums an inclusive and open place for all types of fans, the better. Yeah. And also, just don't be a denier of it as well. The the amount that, that the reason Twitter came out with that is that the discourse afterwards seemed to be, well... Oh, it'll it'll be from Russian bot accounts and blah blah blah. And it's like, well, no, it turns out it's not. And and I think if you'd have had a bit of a think about that, you'd have known deep down that it's not. And football has to take ownership of that. It's the same thing you get when you get, uh, you know, racist fans from particular clubs. Oh, they're not proper fans. Yeah, they are. They're your fans. They are. And you've got to take ownership of that. And like you say, you've got to you've got to root it out. And there's only one way to do that, which is by doing those awkward things. So. Yeah, it's a, it is a tricky thing to do, but you we've got to take ownership of 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 racism in football. You can't just assume it's coming from external sources. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it is not it is a minority, but it is a quite loud minority that we have to work hard to do something about. But enough about uh, that sort of stuff. Let's go ahead and move on to the actual soccer, boys. There was some oh. fucking Premier League. It's back. Oh, heavens to Betsy. How good does that feel? How fucking good does it feel to like have put it on the television? In <laughs> HDR, I believe, Mr. Simpson? Is oh, that right yeah, over there? Sky have started doing it in HDR. Oh. The first thing they did was a, a football oh. league game where a quarter of the uh, an EFL game where a quarter, a quarter of the, of the screen, screen wasn't li- lined up with the rest of the screen. Oh, <laughs> and I just left it like that for the full games. I was like, oh, this, this bodes well. But uh, once, once Brentford Arsenal kicked off, they've got it all sorted. So yeah, full 4K and HDR Premier League. Um, I, what I did, something I did want to broach was, were you at all, were you two at all worried uh, that the football, I know we had the Euros, but that the football, uh, what's the word, malaise that we had last year, would would remain at all or was it just full-on ultra excitement from the off no i think the the euros if anything was like an appetizer was like an amuse bouche to tide you over like the euros was fantastic we said this well as england fans of course you feel that way you guys made the fucking final (laughs) like yeah yeah yeah, exactly those euros were fun other than the last like five minutes there but you know besides that the euros were really (laughs) really fun (laughs) no but there was there was so much to go and there were there was so much fun that like that kind of cleared out the dirge that was last year when and and it was a real fatigue because all the games back to back every single week like watching them watching your fantasy football scores trickle in or not happen or <laughs> you know what i mean and it's just like oh this game and it, it felt like such a 
chore like a oh i don't want to eat this other piece of chocolate cake but like it's good but i yeah, know yeah, i'm gonna yeah. feel like shit afterwards <laughs> and i'm gonna want a nap but now it's just like oh i'm at the buffet and i can have this and i can have this oh let me get a little bit of chelsea palace oh at the same time let me put some everton southampton in there oh wait what's this leicester wolves oh thank you oh burnley Watford villa oh goals mm. and i'm like oh you know what that's gone down i'm gonna go back for some Liverpool Norwich like oh <laughs> that's really interesting though because for me it was the opposite like I gave myself a break this summer I didn't watch any World Cup qualifying I didn't watch the mm. Gold Cup or the um, Euros or the Olympics or the Copa America any of that stuff like I just didn't I stayed the hell away from soccer all summer to the point that when the when Chelsea's preseason friendlies were happening like last week and the week before I was like you know what I'll pay 20 bucks to be able to watch two preseason games on the Chelsea website. Like, <laughs> no way. That's how excited I was for Chelsea to be back, you know? But, like, I genuinely, like, about, I want to say I gave it a week or so after the Champions League final where I was, like, thinking about soccer nonstop. Then we recorded. And then after we recorded our last episode from last season, I pretty much, like, turned off the soccer part of my brain for the first time in, like, 20 years. Like, you know, mm. even in the summers, I've always kept up with everything going back to, like, mm. 05, 04, thereabouts. So, like... This was my first extended break away from soccer when important games were happening. Um, and I think that was, at least for me, the right way to go about coming back into this weekend with 100% nothing but pure excitement ready to go. But how about you, Ian? How, how were you coming into this? Like you, you don't have a Premier League team, but obviously you love the Premier League. So how were you feeling coming into the season? No, well, that's the thing. I was, I was excited because, as, as Chuck says, the Euros was so good. Such a, such a good summer of football. And then... The the pre season has been at least interesting with the Messi thing, Kane, everything like that. But you know, there's there's actually been some interesting stories knocking about. So I I was excited, and then you turn on the. I, I was out during the uh, Friday, so when everyone was building up with the fantasy football stuff, I sort of largely didn't get involved in any of that. But then plonked myself in front of the telly for Brentford Arsenal, and. You just saw that the build-up was brilliant because obviously <laughs> they've been what over seventy years not in the top flight. So I think they had Gary Neville out there talking to fans before. They were clearly absolutely buzzing. Everyone's we buzzing. We said that was Friday, and it leads us in nicely. I mean, we're not going to go through like fixtures specifically per se, like as we have yeah. done in the past. We're just going to focus on some key like who the big winners or who the kind of happiest people are. And like you can't not start on that Friday night under the lights. Brand new stadium, so first good. time in the top flight, first time you're allowed in that stadium as a Brentford fan, and you rock out two nil winners against Arsenal. <laughs> like, I mean, Arsenal in the schedule, they must have thought that was a fucking gift. But, but like, <laughs> such a great game, it was such a great performance. God, I love Arsenal. I had missed Arsenal <laughs> so fucking much, man. Conceding <laughs> to a newly promoted side who hadn't scored in the top flight in 74 years, twice. <laughs> and losing the start off like that was peak peak arsenal one of them from a long throw as well let's just let's just float this one in and see what happens long it'll throw. be a goal lads it'll be a goal long throw basically yeah, it bounced in the box <laughs> yeah that's fine isn't it exactly it wasn't even like drilled in really. <laughs> no, dog shit defending absolutely dog shit defending it's not a rory de Lapp, is it you know no. I mean? he's not making goalkeepers cry he's just making Arsenal fan TV or AFTV you have to call it now sorry yeah, um, yeah. just making them cry 
Uh, good times. My good friend Nick is getting into the Premier League for the first time this season, so he's he'll text me like during matches and stuff. Like he, we, you know, I think it's just nice to have someone new to talk to for me, and I think for him it's nice to be getting into a new thing. And he texts me after the Brentford goal, and he's like, "Was that bad defending?" <laughs> Even somebody doesn't know football. <laughs> Even yeah. someone who doesn't know football can immediately identify that as terrible defending. I yes. mean, that is that. <laughs> This is this is a club that was supposed to be in the European Super League, and a complete novice <laughs> immediately identifies that as it, it's that because no, a normal person just looking at a football would be able to clear that. Why? Why? Why has this happened? That's amazing. That and yeah, a complete noob could immediately identify that. Yeah, I, love I was it. like, yeah, that was you're absolutely right. That was fucking atrocious <laughs> defending, and it wasn't even like, okay, fine, two zero flatters Brentford significantly. But this wasn't like a super Burnleying or anything. Like it was 1.3 no. to 1.5 on XG. For the record, those of you that like to follow along with the stats, we are going to be using FB refs XG numbers this season, moving away from understat as much as possible. Um, but 1.3 to 1.5 against a newly promoted side on XG is like fucking terrible, Arsenal. Why are you like drawing 1-1 with a promoted side? They were supposed to have had a good defense too. They were like the fifth best defense by underlying numbers last season. So like fuck is that ben white's not working out so well so far no late news about Yang and lacazette being ill you know doesn't help were they ill quote unquote because obviously that you know relinquishes a bit of the pressure on the defense so you put ben white in there um you know oh, don't have mustafi anymore um but they just didn't really click at all and you know you can call arteta a fraud all you want or whatever it is but and i just, will uh, yeah we okay. do every week <laughs> i mean i <laughs> i think he's the one that's kind of for me is maybe a bit of a conspiracy but he's been put in there like he's never managed before he goes to arsenal and it just seems like he's been put in there as the scapegoat so like the arsenal are like bored and stuff can just fuck about and do nothing meanwhile just Arteta's the one that gets all the bile uh, whilst the team just you know they need time to settle Ben White isn't used to playing in that system you know he's 50 million pounds sure and yeah should probably be able to defend for that amount of money but just a bit just just a little they're just weak they just didn't didn't uh, it's just Arsenal in it fucking hell is Arteta top of the sack race odds? Like, I, I have them for... I don't know if we... We didn't talk about our actual predictions officially. We, we, or not, haven't, like, we haven't publicized our predictions. Yeah, but I'll tell you right here in mine, I put him at the sack race winner. Like, I think he's going to be the first manager fired this year if they get off to a slow start. And I think I said it during our preview pod two weeks ago. Yeah, no one's going to Arsenal, though, so they're not going to sack him. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I also put him as the leader of the sack race. There you go, yeah. <laughs> Do they yeah. have a dog mirror they can put in place? Who's like a 12-year-old who uh, is... Gunnosaurus! Get Gunnosaurus <laughs> there <you go>. back! <laughs> there you go. That's amazing. He goes from Ozil paying his wages to actually managing the club. That would be amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah, that happened. That was a thing. Fucking hell. Um, but, yeah, credit credit to Brentford. Um, you know, Ivan Tony was the darling but didn't really get in on the action but managed to draw a few players away. Brian and Buemo looked fantastic, kept making really great attacking runs and came close quite a lot. So, you know, I think that's a bit of a gift really for Brentford as a, as a first game, you know, it just, and we don't like to talk about all mentality and all that, but they just, it, everything was the perfect storm of, for this result to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old school pundits over attribute things to like mentality and energy and like all that sort of shit. Like that's their kind of go-to because they can't actually do like 
good tactical yeah. or numerical analysis, but it is a real thing. Like that is something that happens. And those guys came out of the fucking gate. Like they were ready to go from minute one. Exactly. You come out against that. Arsenal had to just put everything in early to just shut the fans up. Like you're the first team that's going to benefit from a full stadium and all of the stuff around it. Like you need to go in hard early. You need to be putting in big tackles. You need to be making plays and you need to force them back and say, look, no, this isn't the championship. This is the fucking Premier League. You need to step your shit up. And like, I say this knowing that Brentford are coming to Palace next week. (laughs) And I'm not just a little bit worried, but like, that's what, that's probably if you, if Arsenal fans had seen that, they would have been happy because that's that's kind of what matters most is the lackluster performance. And I think, to be honest, you know, we're going to talk about the next game because we kind of have to. It's kind of the exact same thing that happened for United because yeah. from the first second of the coverage, that stadium was packed. It was fucking loud. It was... They they brought out Raphael Varane before the game to announce him officially, which was an absolute touch of genius. Yes, it was. Psych- I really liked that. Yeah, because the fans were so fired up after that. Even more against, you know, you're playing Leeds. It's a big rivalry for the first time. And like, wow. Like, I'm not one to compliment United, but that was fantastic. I was watching it. They, they couldn't do the post-match interviews because you just couldn't hear a fucking word. Like they yeah. may as well have not done them, but they just persevered. Oh, amazing. That's what we want to see again. That side of fans being back and all that. For those of you that didn't catch that match, for the record, the scoreline was 5-1. to one. United put five away on Leeds. It was only 1.5 to 0.6 on XG. So, you know, the five wildly overstates that performance. But like, who fucking cares? They're, they're not, you know, the fans aren't sitting there in Old Trafford Googling the XG and being like, oh, maybe we shouldn't cheer. <laughs> <laughs> um, hang on hang on everyone yeah never mind guys time out time out time just out. logging on to fb ref hang on, hang on. <laughs> that goal would only have happened one in every 20 times no the probability was 0.33 we can't celebrate that you can have a third third of a celebration polite applause yeah exactly polite applause at best but i w- i do want to go back and shout out the brentford fans because i have the attendance numbers here that's kind of the night one of the nice things about the fb ref site 16,500 fans, by far the smallest attendance of the weekend at Brentford because they have a tiny stadium. And they felt like the 72,000 oh. that were at Old Trafford. Like, I, yeah. watching on TV, you would not guess that there was 50,000 extra people compared to Brentford at the Old Trafford game. Like, fucking amazing, the Brentford fans. MVP of the weekend for me was the Brentford crowd. But, you know, United 5-1. Um, Paul Pogba, can we talk about Paul Pogba? Who, at this point... I'm sorry, if you don't like Paul Pogba, take a little bit of a look inside as to like what the reasons for that might be. <laughs> like, is it because he's black and has like really ostentatious haircuts? Oscar, Which, he, needs way, to perf- he needs to perform like that every week, Oscar. Yeah, yeah. For, <laughs> did you see Michael Richards and Graham Soonis getting into it? Yes. <laughs> Michael Richards, and I'm back in Michael Richards in that fight, who literally came so close <laughs> to just saying, shut the fuck up, you racist. Um <laughs> When Sunes like had the rudeness and audacity to actually physically turn his back on Micah Richards and walk away, like that guy needs to get in the fucking bin. It's ridiculous. Uh, and you come in and say, "Oh well, you expect that from hundred million pound player?" Like, watch what he did, man. That was he. Uh, be granted, like Leeds didn't show up for that game for quite well at all, really. Yeah. There's a few stages, you know, very early in the first half, second half, sorry, when they got the goal. Uh, you know, they looked a bit bright for a couple of minutes and then United just went bang, bang, 3-1, see you later. But they just afforded Pogba so much time. 
They didn't control the game whatsoever in the middle. Um, Pascal Strike couldn't keep up with Fernandez. Like he was clearly meant no. to mark him, and Fernandez mm-hmm. just—he was five yards behind him all the time. And Pogba just had the time to pick out his passes, playing worldy assists. Four assists is huge, and and all different kinds of cross. Ah, oh, that was it's twenty-five million in assists, Chuck. Well, there we <laughs> That's go. value I right mean, there. He he should be able to do it every week, and and that would mean you know he gets one hundred and fifty-two assists a season. That's when Pogba starts to make be value for money, according to Graham fucking Sooners. <laughs> <laughs> I wish Pogba had run up to that interview and be like, "I just won five one. I don't give a fuck about that <laughs> guy Havertz style." Just yeah, he doesn't care. Yeah, you know, Bruno Fernandez getting a hat trick in his first. The first time he plays at Old Trafford with the full full ground, you know, they, they're going to be absolutely fucking insufferable after that, aren't they? Uh, they scare me, man. I fucking hate to say this out loud, but United genuinely scare me this season. I think that, like, if they get the ball rolling early, which a 5-1 win does get that ball rolling, let's see how the next few games go, they could hang around in a title conversation. They have the talent. They don't have the manager, but they have the fucking talent. And with how the game is going to be this season, with COVID ball still dominating, with the game being so slow... I think that like central midfielders and specifically like slow central midfielders that are very good at passing when they have a little bit of time to pick out a pass are going to shine this year. I mean, it, it, like specifically, I'm thinking like if Cesc Fabregas was still young and playing in the Premier League, he would love COVID ball. He'd be fucking having a season of his life. And I do wonder if Pogba is going to be a bit of that because like like we saw it just now, like when he has time to pick out passes, he is there. There are very few players that are as good at him in the world. I think you've got good reason to be worried about Man United, certainly getting up ahead of steam early on. Uh, Their next fixtures are Southampton, Wolves, Newcastle, West Ham, who you might say are a a blip in that, but I mean, they did not defend well against Newcastle. As much as they were good offensively, they did not Mm. defend well against Newcastle at all. No, not at all. They were, the the way they were shit scared of St. Maximan was just, yeah, not not good for professional footballers to do. And then Villa. So Man United, I mean, they could conceivably come out with, what, 15 points from 18 there? Maybe 18. I mean, Christ knows. So they, they could get ahead of steam up, which would be a little bit worrying for people looking for the title. But Yeah, yeah and know. especially with Jadon Sancho barely even played in this one. And they yeah. still won 5-1. Like, when, when he's getting real minutes, fuck that. Like, I'm not, I'm not about that shit. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah. Sancho, Rashford, Cavani, uh, Varane to come in. That if might they be enough. Defensively solid. It's a yeah. It's a worry for everyone. We've yeah. been saying this since last year. Just throw your talented players out there, and if they're talented enough, they're gonna figure it out <laughs> nine times out of ten. You know what I mean? Like you don't yeah. need the best manager if you you know. I think, and I think having you know, it's it's not the most glamorous uh, midfield too, but having McTominay and Fred in there just absolutely. F- bossing it and and just being strong and just gives gave Pogba especially the freedom to be able to do whatever he want gave Fernandez the freedom to do whatever he want Greenwood looked amazing um you know again could have had another assist earlier on to Pogba when Pogba just you know tried to step over and couldn't quite get his foot around the ball um and then scored an absolutely lovely goal uh running through like the pace yeah. at which he was running the angle the shot was amazing from what a 19 year old um i think he is so you know yeah yeah man united quite good yep and from one good team to another chuck sorry we can't put this off anymore another team that is looking at themselves and feeling quite pleased about this weekend uh would be chelsea chelsea three palace zero 
Chelsea 0.9 to Palace's 0.3. So the 3-0 scoreline does flatter Chelsea significantly. About fucking time we start overperforming our XG a little bit <laughs> like we do. Um, I'll let you take the Palace side of this one first, Chuck, because a 3-0 loss is not an ideal way to start your season, but it is against the reigning champions of Europe. So, like, you know, give me your reaction to that. Uh, well, last time we played, it was 4-0. So, you know, progress. <laughs> progress. Under the era. Yep, yep. One, um, get, one goal at a time, getting better. Generate 0.3 against, you know, Chelsea. Real Madrid did that twice. So, you know, <laughs> just saying. Yeah, uh, no, I mean, genuinely, 0.3 is a lot for us. Like, we do not concede XG no. at all. And, you know, it's very, it's easy for everyone to jump on the bandwagon. And I said this, like, I'm going to be positive this year and also be fair as to what the expectations are of Palace. And, like, trying to set up lots of players out against it and it doesn't matter that Chelsea played the game three fucking days ago remember when we said that about Croatia in in the World Cup way back when and every like these are elite fucking professional athletes like no and 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 we have a deep enough squad like that was a weird looking lineup exactly but you know so any you know you've still got Tuchel there they still train as a fucking squad it's not like the second 11 never see what's going on and so I think you know yes it's 3-0 but one was a free kick which can't really do much about the other one Chalabar absolutely phenomenal shot and you know what love to see how much it meant to him that was incredible but I'm sure you'll touch on that a bit more later yeah but I thought that there was good signs there I mean I don't know why we set up as a 4-4-2 to start off with that was really strange um because you know are you kept tucking inside that he's not a winger to try and supplement then as a midfield three, which then meant that Alonso had all the space in the world down yeah. the left hand side. Yeah, four four two is a particularly bad formation to line up against this Chelsea team. Like very bad, and 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 I I don't know whether that was just Vieira trying something different or whatever. But then you know we changed formation a couple of times in the game. We changed to three at the back, and we changed to a four three three as well. Um, and once I think that Joachim Anderson came on and we had a ball playing centre back who could who could make the passes. Mark Gerhi outside of the the top six teams was like the third most progressive player for runs. Um and he was playing absolutely fantastically, I thought. And we, we you know, we were still trying to control the ball and, and play in a different way. Like you could see that there were positive signs there, especially from a team that, you know, we signed Elise, he wasn't there. We don't have Eze, he's gone. Um Benteke didn't start. Luka Milivojevic sadly is is off at the moment we're due to family bereavement. Um Connor Gallagher couldn't play because it's his parent club. Joachim Anderson didn't start. Um you know, there's still a lot to kind of work on. So I see that Chelsea game in honesty, and I think Vieira maybe saw that as well with how he distributed the game and distributed minutes as our last preseason game almost, Mm. because we stepped up through the leagues. We went from like a league two team, league one championship team. We played Watford in our last preseason game. Then we go to Chelsea, get more minutes. And then it's from Brentford where kind of the season can actually start because you, you can't, you can't have this discourse that everyone thinks, oh, Palace are absolute shit and they're going to get relegated. And then also when they play the best team, the, the champions of fucking Europe and probably one of the best teams in the world and don't try to attack them at every... T- you can't have both sides of the discourse yeah. just to, 
to fit and fill your column inches. And I think it's ridiculous and quite lazy journalism in practice as well, especially at this point, because all the comparisons naturally come out that, well, Vieira, oh, the last time I did it was Frank de Boer. Like, this is absolutely, and I can tell you this as a Palace fan, categorically 0% the same as when Frank de Boer was there. And so if you want my honest approach, the fact that I'm not even fussed that we lost 3-0 to Chelsea and after the game I thought, okay, there's good signs there, tells you kind of how I'm feeling about the team. And, you know, like I said before, if we can get through 10 games with 10 points, we've done really, really well. We've got the game against Brentford next week, some other really, really tough games. And so let's just see if the positive signs are there as players gradually get drip-fed in. But this is not, you know, the four four two was a Roy Hodgson team and a Roy yeah, Hodgson way yeah, of playing. Yeah, yeah, for it sure. Ba- baffling. But, I, you know, I, I still feel really good uh, going forward. And, and if Vieira is to be believed, there's still two to three more signings coming in. So happy days. Yeah, I don't think you're necessarily wrong in that opinion. It's it's weird to be coming off a 3-0 loss for you and be like, yeah, that was okay. I was pretty okay with that. But, like, we've had your guys' number for a few years now. It, it, it hasn't really gone well for you against Chelsea Literally since time. we started this fucking podcast. Yeah, we, exactly. won, we won the game before we started this podcast. And then that's, <laughs> and then that's it. Yeah. Um, and we, But I will say that of the games in recent years where we've played you guys, like this really did look like you were trying stuff. Obviously, it didn't work out. You only yep. did point three, But like last season, both games against you guys, I was like, Jesus Christ, we might as well be the four nil. The 4-0, we had there. point one. The 4-0, yeah. we had 0.1 XG. Point I, think. One. Those, I think your first shot was like in the 80th minute or something. Like, Yeah, and we were actually generating something and Chelsea weren't, you know, Chelsea generated 0.9 and like that is a free kick and a worldy strike. And so that we we can probably allowed you what, like 0.6 XG, 0.7 XG from open play against yeah. the best team in fucking Europe? Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's not good. bad at all. That's <laughs> not bad at all. Um, from the Chelsea side of it, obviously a 3-0 win feels great. Uh, your boy Pulisic hates Crystal Palace. Five goals in five games. It was four goals in four I games coming into him. it. <laughs> Literally the club he scored the most I against in his whole that you'd career. Love him so much. I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Holding his fucking tiger tattoo up to his eyes like yeah, it makes that was tacky. Off. That was awful. That was what? awful. Oh, oh girl, I'm a tiger. What you're a prick. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty fucking cringy. Um, but you know what wasn't was Trevo fucking Chaloba having the best week of his life easily. This guy a week ago was like 12 year old about to go on loan, join the loan army, <laughs> you know, and then he gets a surprise start in the UEFA Super Cup on midweek mm. was probably man of the match in that one for me. He was one of the best players on the pitch, unexpected, young defender, zero experience. And then on the back of that performance, got a start in the Premier League, making his debut Again, man of the match level performance for me. Um, I, did he get man of the match? I don't actually know if he did or didn't, but I he think deserved he did. it. He, yeah, he deserved he did, it. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, as a center back, makes a slightly marauding run, not quite a Zuma level run, but, you know, <laughs> makes his way up the pitch. And then you can tell when you watch the clip that the crowd goes, shoot. They do. Like they always do. And he was like, gonna pass it. And then it was like, yeah, you know what? Fuck <laughs> it. This is my debut. I'm going to give it a, give it a lashing. And fuck, man, that went straight into the bottom corner, like laser shot. And then he drops to his knees. He's crying. The whole club, everybody's hugging him. You can tell like he runs off to start celebrating and then like, yeah, but, but he doesn't catch up. And then it, it's when it all of a sudden it dawns on him. What him he yeah. Did. And I love the fact that like, as Billaqueta is like straight over and like 
got him. And it, it really reminded me of when, you know, Havertz with the, the press conference at the end yeah. of the Champions League, when uh-huh. he was like right there and he's like, bang. And I think that's that's a captain. He's he's such a good fucking captain. That That's incredible. And, and the love that, that Chalabar got there. And you, when you see how much it means, it was like, ah, oh, I can't. I can't be upset about that goal. And like when, when someone hits it like that, like Guaita got a hand to it, whatever, like, but you don't, it's not quite easy to stop those ones. So yeah, it wasn't quite a thunder bastard, but it was a fucking shot and a half. I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, onward and upward, we got Arsenal next week. Honestly, at this, this year, um, I'm going to care a lot less about Chelsea's XG and I'm going to care a lot more about like, did we win or not? If we didn't win, we failed. I don't give a fuck how much XG we generated. And, you know, that's going to be the flip side of that is going to be when we do 0.9 and score three. Like, I'm still just happy. Like, I only care about results. I want to win. I don't give a fuck about, like, what we're – there's no excuses this year. We're winning the treble or bust. Like, fuck (laughs) that. You know what I mean? Like, that's where I'm at right now. He adds a trophy every week. Yeah, exactly. By the end of the year, it'll be every – it'll be the – what was it, eight or nine that Barca won that year? Every possible fucking trophy. (laughs) Yeah, it felt good. I don't know. Nice to nice to have the fans at Stanford Bridge. 38,965. Felt like a million fans. They, again, really kind of the bigger story of the whole weekend for me is the, the way the home crowds were really lifting their teams up. It was a delight. It was just fun to watch. So that's where I'm at. But another team that had a very good Saturday, potentially one of the better week, weekends of everybody or is happy, is Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool 3, Norwich City 0. Uh, Liverpool's 2.0 to Norwich's 1.4 on XG. So a deserved win, 3-0, a bit flattering, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, notably, Diogo Jota got a goal, getting off to a good start this season, kind of picking up where he left off last year as a rotation option. And just a just a comprehensive performance, let's say, from Liverpool. Van Dijk back in the lineup. Um, mm. Lots of little storylines here. Ian, I'll throw to you first. How are you feeling about Liverpool after that 3-0 performance against Norwich? Exactly what you say. I think it was a good Liverpool performance. I don't think Norwich did terribly. I think... If you look, if no. you take all of the promoted sides, you know, um, obviously Watford smashed it. Uh, Norwich, it sounds ridiculous after losing 3-0, but I would not watch that match as a Norwich fan and be I, too upset. I was I was watching that game and I thought Norwich fans could probably feel about that the same way like I felt about the Palace yeah. game. Like, you're yeah, not going absolutely. there to expect a result. Like, you, you kept going at it. You've got a lot of new signings bedding in. I think Norwich have made, like, 11 so far this year. Like, it's mad. The same as, like, Watford. Quite a lot of signings. Hopefully it doesn't go Fulham-esque. Sorry, Sofia Gold. Um, and that comes back to bite them a bit. <laughs> Thanks, Oscar. Um, but, but, you know, I, th- I think that was a good performance. A lot, a lot of the XG probably comes from that scramble where um Allison pulled does. off an unbelievable yeah. save and that one shot was probably 0. 0.8 um 0. 0.7 like it, it was yeah, insane I think, well, they, how... got, they got three touches in front of goal there so if you add them up it probably comes to over one xg oh, right, which is okay. situationally where xg falls down in certain situations but like yeah well I, depend, depending on the model a lot yeah, exactly, of the better exactly. models don't add like if you take like four shots in within yeah. like five seconds of each other it doesn't count but, that most of the models, you know, you can easily quickly get at just count all the shots individually, which means that that, that fucking primary school playground goal mouth scramble that was going on there <laughs> was, was totting up the XG for Norwich, which was obviously sl- slightly skews it. But yeah, I, I, I would not be up, upset as a Norwich fan. I think it was, they were a little bit shaky at the back, but, um, 
going forward, I think they they did they did create some space. Even though it's Liverpool that they were playing, they were still mm. trying to be positive Norwich, which is you know which which will do them well against. We've said before, there's a a, a void of teams from twentieth to. I don't know what eight, twelve. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. You went twelve. I went eight, but like um, I was less kind there. But where you can get at them uh, mm. just with just with doing the basics well, and I think Norwich going forward will do the basics well consistently. Second time of asking in the Premier League, same manager that went down came back up. Like they said at the time when they got relegated, you know, it was it, it wasn't in their plan to get promoted so soon so they were looking at it and so they've come back and it, exactly that there's there's enough there's enough teams and competitiveness in this league now that every every game is get atable uh, yeah if, I mean if, if you look at the XG for the three promoted clubs this weekend it was 1.3 for Brentford against Arsenal Watford 1.2 against Villa and Norwich 1.4 against Liverpool those are good teams they weren't playing like relegation candidates Villa especially last year had a, Villa. Were an excellent team yeah but you think about how high everyone was on Villa. Like they've great performance last year. You know, yes, they've sold Grealish, but they've replaced with great signings and just, you know, concede three goals to to Watford guys. Yeah, uh, oh, Watford of all people. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think this was a good test of Norwich's attack, and I think they, despite the scoreline, uh, sort of represented themselves really well here. I mean, you know, you said there's like eight other than like eight teams that could be got at, like. You know, we joke a lot, but Liverpool were, by the underlying numbers, the eighth or ninth best defense last year. So, like, this is exactly mm. the type of team that they should be generating chances against, and they did. Um, so that does bode well for potentially at least staying in a scrap to stay up. They're probably going to go down, but it'll be maybe closer than we thought. Yeah, and I don't know about Liverpool with the eighth, ninth uh, best defense this year. Like Van Dijk came back, back and, and uh, you just, you just, yeah. what the guy, the guy never runs. He's like, you know when Jordan Pickford has to make a save and he swears and he's so fucking angry at everyone for doing his job. Van Dyke is the same. Van Dyke is the same when he has to sprint. Like he's so yeah. fucking angry if he has to sprint because it's like you've done something fucking wrong. Yeah. Cover for me. Listen. And you just watch him and like that's why he's like a Rolls-Royce player I think because literally it's like what he's just cruises across the pitch and he's so so good to watch. I'm so positive about everyone this year. I love football. I love it all. <laughs> Even Liverpool. <laughs> it's, a it's so weird. Well, let's uh, let's wrap up then the weekend with one last fixture. And Mr. Stimson, please go ahead and cue the jingle for the first time this season. Jeff Pedder! <laughs> Ooh, they're better than they ought to be. Burnley of the week. That's right, you're damn fucking straight. The season's back. <laughs> Tottenham, Burnley, City again. That's right, we had Tottenham 1, City 0, Tottenham 1.3 to City's 1.9. 1.9, and they didn't score, and Tottenham hit them on the break, I mean, as for usual. Any, for any new listeners, do we want to explain what the Burnley of the week is? Oh yeah, good call, yes. Uh, so, famously, this is going back years now in the <laughs> analytics community, there's a team called Burnley, um, still exists. Still exists. Still, still in the Premier exist. League. Yes, I said there is a team. I said is. I used the correct tense right, there yeah. in the verb. I just um, had to check with you. Sure. Uh, Burnley are well known for defending and getting results far above their underlying numbers through some sort of witch magic. They're somehow they still deserve. in the Premier They don't deserve to be there. Just say it, Oscar. They don't. Yeah, deserve they don't deserve to be, to be there. there. Uh, um, <laughs> 
they just always overperform somehow. And it's like not even a tactical thing that anybody can put their eyes on or whatever. So when a team overperforms and gets a result that is quote unquote undeserved, perhaps, um, or lucky, if you want to be a little more generous, um, you know, we call that a Burnleying. And, and around here in these parts, we like to give an award every week for the Burnliest Burnley of the week. And this was Tottenham, man. Tottenham half of City's XG, and then they beat him once again. Shout out Hingman's son, who's fucking amazing. What a goal. Mm. Despite the keeper kind of letting it go past him a little bit. I don't know about that one, but like, nice shot. <laughs> Whatever gets you Harry Kane in your squad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, City, City have a bad record against uh, Tottenham in, in recent years, which is weird. And also, Nuno has a really good record against Pep. That's the third time he's beat him. Um, oh really? In a few years, yeah. So he did it twice for Wolves. Huh. Um, and Tottenham just looked. You know what? Everything we said about Arsenal, like Tottenham, were the opposite of that. Like, yeah, they looked organised. They looked, and uh, you know they looked like they wanted to break. They were brave. Yeah, clear um, plan. Controlled the ball. Clear plan. Like considering like defensive solidity and that kind of thing was whole Mourinho stick. Like Nuno's implemented it a bit quicker, and they're smiling as well. It's a bit weird. City. <laughs> And, you know, if I'm going to say Tottenham are the anti-Arsenal, City look like fucking Arsenal in this game. Mm. Like, you remember yeah. a few years ago when I said Arsenal's biggest strength and weakness is how quick, like, the players interchange and all that. And it means that, like, defences maybe don't know what's going on, but potentially the attack gets really disjointed and they all kind of are in the same spot or just not there. That was what this City team was for me, with Benjamin Mendy there as well, just refusing to defend. And <laughs> they were just, you know, Spurs were breaking and, like, the whole squad was in a line down the centre of a pitch. And so, like, I'm surprised, really genuinely surprised that Spurs didn't get more. Bergwijn had an amazing chance that he just couldn't get yeah. there at the end. Oh. But City were also, like, Spurs were good and City were fucking woeful in City. that game. We're very obviously missing their star striker, Harry Kane, up there <laughs> putting those chances away because they generated 1.9, but they couldn't score. Like, that's a striker waiting to happen right there. Yeah, well, when the game was being introduced, it was a case of you you clearly knew what was going to happen here. Both both teams could have done with that striker, that big, big man who gets the, gets the goals. But the, the way it was being introduced, it was like it was... Schrodinger's Kane, Quantum Kane, like it was, he plays for both <laughs> clubs at once. And if you don't, until you look directly at him, you don't know who he plays for. They both need exactly the same thing. And at the minute, he plays for Spurs, but he's not playing for Spurs. Nuno didn't even know if he was in the stadium. When he was up. He was playing golf, I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was like, yeah, he was here. He, he was here this morning. I think he had breakfast here. I've, I've got no idea. I've, I've no idea where he is. It was just... but also, but also because Nuno's going to be like, I don't give a shit. He's not in the team. Fuck off with your media bollocks as well. Shout out and shout out the Spurs fans for singing. Are you watching Harry Kane? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he was. I think he was off somewhere not watching probably but <laughs> yeah oh. but, I mean, it did it did just show that that if city have someone who they can aim their attack at if if uh, as good as Greel as good as i thought Grealish was oh he looked so fucking good yeah he did look good but at the same time he was he, i think he was trying to be all things to all men and certainly all things to Raheem Sterling, who he was like playing in his and position minute, most of the time. At the minute in that City team, you know, Pep said about certain players and he wants them to play to a team. I think Grealish, Mares, and probably Sterling are three players who try to do it all themselves too often. 
Uh, yeah, and, and it can yeah. be their fault. And so if you've got three players playing like that, you know, like the average positions for the first half, Grealish is playing like in the middle. Him and Raheem Sterling are on top of each other, like yeah. out on the left. And yeah. like, not even that far advanced and in, in, in how we have seen City's average positions before where like the centre-backs are on the halfway line. Uh, yeah. It's just, just shit. Just shit. Fuck, how does how does a centre-back pairing of Eric Dyer and Davinson Sanchez keep a clean sheet against the Premier League champions? Anyone tell me? Can anyone can anyone tell me how it's possible? No? Exactly. No one <laughs> well, tell me no, how it's possible. Because when I saw It's the, the Holy lineup. Ghost. The Holy Ghost <laughs> did it. <laughs> when I saw those lineups, I was like, cool. There could, there could definitely be some goals in this, despite the lack of strikers. Because I thought that, I don't know... I know, obviously, Spurs have lost uh, Alderweire, but like you say, Dyer Sanchez, I was like, I'm not sure about this defence at all. Tanganga looked incredibly up for it. Oh, <laughs> he, oh yes. He, he really looked up for it, and he was not going to let Sterling uh, run all over him, and was he? And Grealish. Yes, yeah, both of them. In the, one, one in the left pocket, one in the right pocket. Fucking hell. <laughs> he took him for a fucking ice cream down the pier, mate. Like That's how just in control he was. Like, well, well in. That was incredible performance. Oh, man. And this fucking City team, though, despite losing here, are so fun to watch. Like, very much for Chelsea reasons, I was, like, trying to root <laughs> against City because, like, obviously. And I kept kept finding myself being like, oh, come on, ref, that was a handball. Oh, pass, pass, watch, look at the run, look at the run on the right wing, play the pass. And then be like, fuck, I mean, god damn it, let's go Spurs, and then throw up in my mouth after saying that sentence. But like, <laughs> I could not help myself but cheer for City. Emily was laughing her ass off because every five seconds I'd be like, no, wait, god damn it, I'm, I'm supposed to be cheering for Spurs. <laughs> like, what am I? But they're so fun, man. City are so fun. Jack Grealish. Again, you know, we talk about like tactically and how the game went and everything, but like just on a pure like sporting oh, level, yeah. every time he got the ball, I was like glued, eyes glued to the TV because he is so fucking good to watch. Yeah, 100%. He's absolute box office, isn't he? But um, yeah, but it turned out to not, not be the case. And, and yet again, City go down 1-0. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a narrative that continues through the season. Maybe 12th at the end of November this year. Well, maybe, maybe. But when <laughs> we talked progress. about, seriously, when we talked about Man United's fixtures, they might get a serious jump on them. And and then it's playing catch-up, which obviously we know Pep can do, but it was, it, it, it was very deliberate last season, wasn't it? He, he was seemed to be one of the only managers who saw what was coming with COVID ball. And he deliberately slowed his game down and, and it, it seemed very deliberate. I'm not sure it's going to be the same this year. So letting, letting Man United get a jump on them might not be brilliant. But they've got Norwich next, so who knows? Maybe uh, maybe they'll get their shooting boots back on. Oh, that's not the best start to the season for Norwich, is it? Liverpool then City. <laughs> it's not, yeah, not good at all. <laughs> oh, my. And then Leicester-Arsenal. I mean, uh, you know, Leicester... Oh, that was three points against Arsenal. Arsenal <laughs> Man, I saw some fucking crazy-ass takes come out of this game, though. I gotta say, like, shout-out Twitter and, like, pundits for just being on one. I saw an article that was like, are Spurs better without Harry Kane? Like, no, fucking obviously Behave yourself, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's or like, is Pep done? Will he be fired soon? Like, bro, they lost one no, match. Oh, like, honestly, no, these people have been regurgitating the same articles <laughs> with the words in different orders for the whole fucking <laughs> summer. They needed something different. Like, finally, yeah. they're just like, fuck it. Let's just say this reactionary shit. Um, no, no, Spurs are not better with Kane. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, I, I never thought that Kane would go anywhere before this game, no matter what happens. 
you know, interested after that game. Does it does it make City go in with a bid? Does it knock a couple of quid off because he, they gave him three points? Is that yeah, in the contract? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you win this one if you give us a $50 million discount. Three points this in the is, bag. Uh, but that's enough about the football, boys. I mean, that was a good good weekend. Let's uh, Let's give it a vote, sort of wrap up the conversation that way. Uh, Mr. Simpson, who do you think had the best weekend? And you can define best however you want, whether it's the result or the performance or the fans or the mood or whatever. Who, who do you think is the happiest at the end of this weekend? Brentford fans. Has to be Brentford fans. I mean, that new stadium. Were, literally, we're top of the league at 10 yeah, o'clock on yeah, Friday exactly. night. It's just Imagine stop that. the count. I mean, like, <laughs> that must have been absolutely buzzing. You would have taken screenshots of every fucking league table you could find, wouldn't you? Um, you know, them doing, and apparently it's customary. They always do it, doing the lap of the pitch afterwards to say thanks to the fans. Apparently, it's done after every game. It wasn't just because they'd had their first Premier League game. I think the, most teams should fucking do it. They yeah. they should go around, applaud, you know, give it something. If you want, if you want the fans to give more to you, people are parting with a lot of money to be at these games, and I think that gets lost a lot of the time. And I don't believe I'm not one of these ones where I pay my money so I can shout abuse and I have entitlement or whatever, but like. It's a nice fucking touch, man, where, where you look at the, that image of Thomas Frank going oh. around in personal, hugging. That's 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 what football should be, not yeah. pricks running around the streets of Manchester beating people up, Leeds fans. Yeah. <laughs> or punching horses. Punching horses, <laughs> Newcastle New fans. And you know what? Like, this might not even be as much, this not might be, apply as much to Brentford, but like, when I went... You know, I'm, I've been to one Chelsea game in my entire life that was like an actual competitive one at Stamford Bridge. Like, and it's probably going to be many years before I can go see another one. So to as the Premier League gets more global and fans are making like international treks to see their club once in their life or once in 30 years. Like, yeah, yeah, the, I appreciated the players that stuck around and like kind of came around to the fans and clapped us and like said hello afterwards. Because like, yeah, it means something. when am yeah. I ever going to be there again? You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be many years before I get to go to Stamford Bridge again. And so... When the when the players take the time to do that, when the club takes the time to do that, it is greatly appreciated. And so for Brentford to do it after every match, like I didn't know that. That's fucking awesome. I think that's really cool that they do that. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think they're you know there are Brentford fans, kids to old men who were crying in the stands as you saw like the, on on the pitches. It you know they are never ever going to forget that first game in a new stadium, beating Arsenal and beating them well. They're never, ever going to forget that. Nope. So I don't think you can go any other I way. I would just like to make my case, though, for who was the happiest um, after this week. Is it you? Is it you because it wasn't Roy Hodgson in charge anymore? Well, <laughs> <laughs> he's up there. <laughs> That's a fucking given. Um, I think it's probably Jamie Vardy getting to score on Wolves, running in front of their fans and then doing a massive wolf howl again because he fucking loves it. He's powered by Spite and Skittles Vodka. He's back. He's the happiest man in the fucking league. <laughs> Powered by Spite. Powered by Spite. Spite! It's probably his own energy drink. He'll bring it out. Yeah. <laughs> Spite by oh, Jamie Vardy. Just, just Skittles and ethanol. If anyone wants to get in touch, any PR companies. <laughs> just put his wife on uh, social media, <laughs> the social media manager for their, their brand. Yeah. Because, you know, dot, she's dot, quite dot, good dot. at that. Spite. <laughs> Miles offside. Brought to you by Spite. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not wrong. Yeah, that, that applies already. <laughs> yep, true. Oh, uh, all right, so let's. Uh, this is the part where I hand off to someone else because we're done talking about the soccer, so I'm done with my hosting duties. Uh, take it away, gentlemen. 
Well, I mean, whilst we talk about the fans and interactions with fans and that being important, we've got a few listener things, haven't we? So hey. why not? Let's do that. Segway. <laughs> that's the segue, is it? That's okay, it. That's fine. the jingle. No, the jingle is Ian's hole. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> nice, nice. Let's get yeah. Let's go Ian's deep into hole, Ian's hole, man. Ian's hole, man. Send in your questions now. <laughs> to his anus. It's a shame. Um, you let yourself down there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think we should do our own little uh, lap of the pitch and uh, thank our Patreons on patreon.com slash pod because we've also we've got a new producer. That's something we need to mention. Pew, pew. I mean, do you want the actual fanfare or was that, that enough? Yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Yeah! <laughs> uh... I mean, I did, again, I did. I always it's forget how long very it is. Long. <laughs> I was very specific oh, in going. my okay, rider. Cool, 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 cool. Okay. Yeah. Do we want to, like, say who the Patreon is or anything Let, the, like let it breathe. Let, let it breathe. breathe, Oscar. Yeah, I forgot it's 20 seconds long. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Johnny Worthington. Johnny yes, Worthington. Johnny. <laughs> Johnny boy. Joining Nate Whitam in the producers club. Nate was yep. getting lonely in there on his Xbox on his own. <laughs> He's not on his own, he's got his girlfriend. He's got his <laughs> girlfriend. Johnny's there too. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit weird. But anyway, so yeah, so we've got lots of lots of levels on the Patreon. We've got two dollars just to join the Slack and have us abuse your fantasy football teams. And you can get in the fantasy football league, which has got a fifty pound prize. There's all sorts of different levels, FPL mini pods, extra stuff. So get get on there. And uh, then you can join the Slack and you can send us questions. And uh, Jeff Pedder. Friend of the show, Jeff Pedder. Skydiver, Jeff Pedder. FPL uh, Shagger. FPL Shagger, Jeff Pedder says. Uh, what are the host's favourite bread-related breakfast? Uh, he's thinking along the lines of crumpets, pancakes, waffles, toast, etc. Uh, feel free to add any others he's not said. Clarifying question. Always. Actually. Is it like only bread? breakfasts like like waffles and pancakes or is it like a breakfast sandwich that involves bread is that fair game is that your answer situation? is that your answer i would say well, it depends it, it depends on the answer to that clarifying uh, question no i mean it's a breaded a bread-based product or a bread-based dish like you know something where that accompaniment is a major constituent not just like a full english with a bit of toast on the side you know right, right, right. okay well then my answer uh and this is not generally considered a breakfast food even though it fucking should be because if you just put some bacon in there it would be considered a breakfast food easy and that is a grilled cheese sandwich i love a grilled cheese sandwich for breakfast as a lactose intolerant person what better way to start the day than just with your own fanfare with your own fanfare <laughs> exactly um gotta be a grilled cheese man it feels like a very weekend breakfasty thing, like or like a winter, like ah, uh, you're getting ready, like getting ready to go for work. It's winter, you don't want to go out to the car, maybe yeah. you got to de-ice it. Ah, grilled cheese in my hand though. Yeah, I mean, I only have breakfast on the weekends. On uh, I have to be up, up ass early for work, so I just skip breakfast every day. You get up at five a.m. You skip breakfast. When do you eat first? Uh noonish. You go straight through seven hours without eating. I'll have like a little protein shake. Okay. But like not food food. Is okay. protein shake a euphemism or <laughs> <laughs> I go for a run, I have a protein shake, I shower, and then I drink a protein shake. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Um Oh man. 
<laughs> Welcome, new listeners. We're happy to have you. <laughs> oh, dear. So grilled cheese for me, even though that's not really a breakfast food. Ian, what's your answer here? Um, I don't know, really. I think I, I would probably have to go, to, because Jeff specifically said it, with uh, pancakes, like American-style pancakes, because I think it's something that Americans do them so much better. Those thick, fluffy pancakes. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not interested in a crepe. Don't don't want it. Not interested. Get that crepe out of here. Yeah, exactly. A thick, fluffy American style pancake. I think as a as a treat breakfast. I think Americans have this sort of sewn up this bread fatty just, indulgent yeah, breakfast like yeah. related <laughs> breakfast. They've really got it sewn up. Waffles. We don't really do waffles. Sweetness at breakfast is not necessarily a thing we do in this country. Wait, and aren't I think- waffles Belgian though? We call them Belgian waffles over here, so I assumed that they yeah. were. Did we invent yeah. Belgian waffles? But I think I think maybe I'm thinking of just the overt sweetness that probably yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Is, just, is just covered it in syrup and powdered yeah, sugar exactly. and yeah. fruit and whipped cream. Like, yeah, yeah. Genuinely, that's something you can get. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think Americans have got that sewn up. You know, that is. Do you know what I had today that I haven't had since in in over twenty years? I had pop tarts for breakfast today. Yeah. <laughs> Saw them in the supermarket and were like, let's get some Pop Tarts. I did that a couple of months ago, like a month and a half ago. I bought a box of Pop Tarts when, like, I did the big shop, forgot, pulled the toast out, bread out one day to make myself some toast. I went, hello. (laughs) Oh, just sugar. Now, vital question Are you eating those Pop Tarts room temp or do you heat them up in the toaster? Do you heat them up in the microwave? What's your, like, what's your method for your Pop Tarts? One packet in the toaster, one packet in my mouth while I wait. (laughs) Yeah, there it is. That's right. That's the right answer, Chuck. Here's how good American uh, American dietary habits are. At my high school, uh, Pop-Tarts were one of the options in the vending machine. Along oh with, like, every fruity <laughs> drink you could find. Every sugary drink. Like that's, you know, we would have Pop-Tarts for lunch because they were like cheap and from the vending machine. Amazing. What about you, Chuck? Where are you at? You, are you going to go French toast here? Same thing as Ian, because I don't have them very often, almost deliberately so that it is special, is waffles. Like we got a waffle maker and I bought like some really nice waffle bix um, to make it. But I just love it with like anything like you can have like chocolate or like some banana and strawberry and whipped cream and powdered sugar or you can have fucking fried chicken on it for breakfast or bacon with maple syrup or like fried chicken. You see, I've never. Yeah, I've never gone down that route because I I wouldn't know where to get it and how to do it. Like, I feel like if I'm going to do something like that, which to me feels mental, Mm -hmm. like. Then, do you got to come to America? Yeah, I need to have it done properly. I need to have it done properly. But you can go to fucking Ponderosa, go for all-you-can-eat buffet breakfast, and it's just right there, man. There's fried chicken. Yeah. Bro, should we chicken. open like a Southern-style bre- American breakfast restaurant in London? Would that just like clean up? Like all-day breakfast? Yeah, all day, just like just like American Diner is the name of the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is there is a chain called The Diner who do those kind of things all day. Sorry to crush your dreams. Nah, it's okay. But but you know, well, you, you might be crushing histories. So but you might be opening up mine. Do I need to check this place <laughs> out to get some fried chicken on waffles? Which sounds bizarre to me, but Maybe. I would definitely try. Let's go. Okay. All right. Well, this episode brought to you by the diner. <laughs> Apparently so. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the other thing we've got is uh, another Patreon. Johnny OG sent us in um, a story, and we have only seen the subject line on the email. Uh, which is uh, the subject line is shitting story. Now, <laughs> bury the lead. First, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. In our first season, uh, this is our fourth season, unbelievably, but in our first season, we got <laughs> an email 
from um, an Australian. It was it was Darren Anthony Hoy, but uh, we we coined him uh, the name Emu Plains because that was where he was from. And it was such a delightfully told bad toilet story <laughs> that it became part of our lexicon that e- Emu Plains was the shitter of Australia, and uh, we questioned whether he was even a real person. But it was it was a, it was an amazing story. Now the thing is with this is we haven't read this yet. So it might be completely unbroadcastable. It, I've, I've got no idea. Who who do we want to read this story? I mean, you've got the email right there, buddy. So I haven't opened it yet, though. So either of you could take it if you want it. No, I've got too many tabs. I'm not having this one. I cl- I closed that tab. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Me and Oscar are avoiding this, getting clipped yep. with our voices saying it. Might not even make it in. Might just get might just get released as a Patreon yeah. special. <laughs> If we then cut to the quiz, you know what's happened. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Leave this bit in. Just yeah. skip the story. Yeah. <laughs> it might happen. Right, okay. I'll, Just I'll, one I'll... long giant bleep over the whole fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Okay, let's go. Um, right, John uh, John OG says, uh, it's been a while Hang since... On. Did he want to be named? <laughs> he is now. Well, a bit late. <laughs> Well, OG, there could be a lot of people named OG, who knows? That are also know. patrons of this podcast, yeah. John sure. John O'Gorman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> from Sutton. <laughs> this is Domingo from Little Oakley. <laughs> <laughs> no relation. Um, yeah. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> it's been a while Oscar since... doesn't get it! Oh, I know, I know. I do not. No, I'm assuming it's a Partridge reference. As yeah. You yeah, 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 it's not a Partridge yeah. reference. Yeah. yeah, there it is. Okay. Um, right, here we go. It's been a while since Emu Plains. Thank you, John. Yeah. And what better way to start a new season than to share my shitting story? I was on a, I was on a stag do in Krakow and I lost my mates at the club we were at. I did not know where my hostel was, so sat drinking on the street with homeless Polish people until 6am until one of my mates replied to my SOS message. That meant I only got a couple of hours kip until we were up again at nine to watch Australia play England in the rugby, followed by a white water rafting <laughs> watching a couple of Euro 2016 games. By 9pm, I was shattered and went for a power nap. Predictably, I overslept and woke up at midnight. I mean, three hours is still a, still a power nap, I think, when you've not slept. Anyway, I'm digressing. Um, Petrified about missing the second night of drinking. <laughs> Good lad. Um, I sprung up from my lower bunk and jumped in the shower. I let out what I thought was going to be a fart. But, f- but before oh, I realised too late, was actually a massive log. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, I mean, That's not even like... Yeah, it's not even like a diarrhea story. something you story. should be able to know yeah. is coming. Like... <laughs> If it's in log form, that's, yeah. you've got plenty of advance warning there. <laughs> uh, right. I could leave a huge turd in the shower. So I did the gentlemanly thing of trying to stamp it down the plug hole. Oh, God. But oh, only, that's gross. only with limited effect. The shower was filling up with brown-tinged water. <laughs> I must have clogged the drain up with my excrement. For the good of every, for the good of every poor soul at the hostel, I had to remove the blockage. Oh, you might be a better man than I am. (laughs) Ian would have gone down to the front desk and gone, "Have you seen what's in my room? (laughs) Have you seen the state of this water?" I demand a refund. (laughs) This is (laughs) atrocious. 
<laughs> I don't care if it's a travel lodge. I I unscrewed the plug hole to find that my shit was intertwined with what must have been years of shedded hair and God knows what else. And it all had to I hate go. This story. Oh my god. So I was slinging shit covered furballs across the bathroom into the toilet whilst everyone else was out getting plastered. I uh I'd like to formally quit this podcast. This is I'm I'm out. I'm just out. Sorry guys. Motion for John OG's nickname to now be shit covered verbal. <laughs> change your Twitter account. I know you're the the flying slug on Twitter, but change it. Change it now. The flying shit covered verbal. Yes. Yeah. Oh. oh my god, that's one of the worst stories I've ever heard. Well then, listeners, maybe you heard that, or maybe you did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll make a judgment call. Yeah, I might make cut a judgment that for time in the edit. Um. <laughs> Last week, we've got a game running this season in interaction with you guys, the Predictor League. You don't get the jingle yet. Um, it's really, really simple. You just DM us on the Twitters or send us an email, milesoffsidepod at gmail.com, with your predictions as to where you think the 20 teams will finish this season. The entries will close on uh, the same time as the transfer window ends at the end of this month. And we're currently up to 30 entries, which is great. Uh, it's the, you know, we're getting close to the most we've had. We had 33 last year. Um, and if we get to 50 entries, the prize is £100 for the club shop of your choice. Brackets, Ian will probably give you the cash. Um, <laughs> so, you know, at the minute, I'll give a shout out to the top three. Not that it means anything, but Oscar's there. Hey. No. Oscar's <laughs> in the top three in joint second with um, FPL Man of God. And uh, Dave Matteo. And FPL Facts, who I took the piss out of as FPL Fictions, is also at the top. But <laughs> 82 away, which currently means on average you have about play- teams four places out of whack. Um, I'm on 100. Hey! hey He's on 106! Hey! And a four-year-old is last. Um, you know, We've got a four-year-old. Yeah, there's a four-year-old, Sam, Sam Danby's Van Damme, Sam Danby's daughter entered the team. Oh, good. Um, good. She there thinks Everton's winning the league. So, oh, um, God bless her. You know, daily <laughs> football knowledge doesn't run in the family. Um, that's <laughs> it, it never did. <laughs> Predictor League. Gentlemen, shall we quiz? Oh, shall we quiz? Get yourself a pen and paper ready, because it's time for... Oh, oh, God. Quench your first. Oh, it's themed and it had a jingle. Oh, Chuck, you Here you we go. Spoil us. Uh, the jingle this week was brought to you by Disney Junior's Sound Story Storybook Treasury. Uh, <laughs> 10 Disney stories with more than 35 sounds. Oh, it's a rich tapestry. We've got a lot to draw on from it that. It really then. is. I mean, <laughs> I'm ready. Um, so, pen and paper. It's really simple. This is standard uh, question and answer based on game week one. There were a lot of firsts. It was the first game week and some teams had their firsts as well. So, gentlemen, are you ready? Yep. Yep. Brilliant. So, the first question. As we said earlier, and uh, some of these answers might have been spoiled during the podcast, um, (laughs) Brentford entered the top flight for the first time in 74 years to defeat Arsenal. That might have got a mention, Adam. Uh, But which player scored their first ever Premier League goal? Okay, question two. 
Mohamed Salah provided a goal and two assists versus Norwich. But how many seasons in a row has he scored in game week one? This is a Premier League record. One of which was my triple captain against Norwich two seasons ago. Uh, Heady heights. Those were the days. Okay, question three. According to FB Ref, which promoted team generated the most XG in game week one? Oscar gave it fucking away. Sorry, I didn't know that was going to be in the quiz. I hope Ian wasn't paying attention, though. I, I wasn't listening. <laughs> yeah, classic. <laughs> the best part is going to be when I forget what I said 10 minutes ago and get this one wrong. <laughs> Standard. Question the fourth. How many goals were scored in game week one? Was it 31, 34, or 37? Ooh. Here we go. What do you want now? Do you want some, do you want some bubbles? <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Have some bubbles. Question five. Which player was supposedly the first to benefit from the new VAR thick lines change that led to a goal. Oh, it was all better. Everything was better this week. The refereeing was better in every game, apart from the Palace one. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Question six. Who became the first player to take a penalty this season? (laughs) (laughs) Very quickly becoming one of those zany uh, radio shows. Yeah. <laughs> I like that you've got your own soundboard. Three ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, way cheaper than mine. We'll run out of battery soon, I reckon. Uh, what question are we on? Question seven. Seven. Who became the first player to miss a penalty this season? Oh yeah. I'm quite upset that we didn't get an own goal. In the first week, and Lewis Dunk couldn't have been an answer. But yeah. <laughs> Question eight: Which team was the first team to receive a yellow card this season? Was it Arsenal, Manchester United, or Leeds? And you get a bonus point for if you can name the player. We'll go back to the ticking clock again. Question nine: Which team took the most shots? without scoring this week. Oh, that's a good one. And a bonus point, uh, which you can get regardless, um, for the closest of you to the number of shots that that team took. And last question. Uh, This one did the rounds a lot on the Twitters. And according to Transfer Market... (coughs) uh, There's no E, so... Uh, what was the reported transfer cost per player of Manchester City's starting eleven that oh, lost yeah. to Tottenham Hotspur due to Home Min Sun's 55th minute strike? Go on, Jeff. There you go. That's all you're getting. Uh, what's the average cost per player? And bonus is the closest guess for what was Tottenham's average cost per player. Right, so question one. Brentford are in the top flight. Which player scored their first ever Premier League goal? Canos. Canos, Sergi Canos, Oscar, no, Ivan Tony. I said Embuemo. Ah, uh, no, he did not score. Um, question two: Mohamed Salah provided a goal and two assists for the noise, but which? How many seasons in a row has he scored in game week one, Oscar? I said four. I said five. He broke the record by scoring in five first game weeks of the season. 
Tough. Tough. Tough one, Oscar. Oscar, you got to get this one according to FB Ref. Which promoted team generated the most XG in game week one? The answer is... Norwich City. 1.4. Norwich City. Oh, I thought that was going to be a good one. Never mind. Uh, correct. <laughs> Ian, did you get that one? I did get Norwich, yeah. Alright. Okay. Never mind. Uh, yeah, Norwich. Abandoned it, Lynn. It's not working. <laughs> 1.4. Brentford, 1.3. Watford, 1.2. How many goals were scored in game week one? 31, 34, 37? I went for the most that you said at 37. I said 34. Point two. Oscar. Thirty. Four. Question five. Which player was the first to benefit from thick lines? Thick lines. <laughs> Vision, dreams of passion. Ian, who'd you go for here? Oh, Bruno. I said son. Bruno Fernandez for his hat trick. <sighs> one of them would have been offside um, yeah, last that makes year. Sense. Yeah. That was the one that they said uh, he would have been offside last season. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, first player to take a penalty this season? I've got Ings. I said Bruno, but I know that's wrong. <laughs> no, Danny Ings against Watford in the 97th minute FPL. I just assumed if it's a penalty that Bruno was taking it. I think <laughs> he takes penalties enough. for every team at this point. <laughs> I, I mean, to be honest, mate, you probably give you half a point for that. Question seven. Who became the first player to miss a penalty this season? Antonio. Antonio, indeed, versus Newcastle. My fantasy football uh, team, so I saw those minus points. There you go. I said Aguero, even though I know it's wrong. For fuck's sake. Just, just let, guess a <laughs> player that's in the league. Oh, right. Which team received... Because he missed received... that Penenka at the end of the season last season. I was just amused. I was, when you said missed penalty, it was the first thing I thought of. So. Brilliant. Um, that didn't happen in that game. Anyway, uh, which team received the first yellow card? Arsenal, Man United or Leeds? Oscar? I said Arsenal and it was Kieran Tierney. I, I said Arsenal. I, was, I had no idea, so I was playing percentages. I said Arsenal and I said Ben White. You are both wrong. There were no yellow cards in Arsenal Brentford. Uh, oh. The, oh, they didn't want it enough. They didn't want it enough. They weren't up for it. Proper <laughs> football. Uh, Leeds and uh, Liam Cooper. Oh, um, there, there we go. Uh, question nine Which team took the most shots without scoring? I said City on 15 shots. Oh, I said City on 14. Right. Well, one of you is getting a point because you've both got the team wrong. The correct answer is Arsenal, who took 22 shots. Fuck, they must have all been absolute dog pops. (laughs) And 67 crosses. That's weird, isn't it? So point to to Oscar there for his guess of 15. Um, Question the 10th. According to Transfer Market, what was the reported transfer cost? Blah, 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 blah. How much do City players cost, Oscar? I said 50 million each. Ian? I said 40. Point to Oscar. Oh, yeah. nice. Now, what do we have? Because it is 50. What was the number, by the way? 50. 50. Oh, that well one you had to get, And you had to get it on the money. That was the correct one. But this one is closest. What have you put for the Tottenham average cost per player? Ian, do you want to go first here? Yeah, I just halved my City guess and put 20. I said 10. Oh, the correct answer is 16. Oh, so that's Ian, tough. I almost said 15 too far. gets the mate. points there. Very, very close. I mean, top up your scores, but I think Ian won. Yeah, Ian um, clearly won. I have don't four. worry, Oscar. It's still early days. Oscar got four. Ian, what did you get? I got seven. Seven, cue the music. 
Very nice, Mr. Simpson. I'm much better at quizzes and stuff when it has nothing to do with soccer. <laughs> I mean, there will be a few when I get bored, but I figured, you know, at the start of the season. Yeah. Give me some science, some, uh, <laughs> give me some history. Once I do get my own actual soundboard, I mean, beyond this, um, <laughs> then, you know, oh, hey, like what's it. this one? Oh, That's Captain Hook. That's Captain Hook. There you oh, go. So that's a good music. one. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. We'll, we'll workshop it off the pod. Uh, so that means it's 2-0 to Ian, I believe. You, Ian won the preseason mm. quiz and yeah. uh, the first yeah. game week. There's still plenty of time to go. Sorry, um, I just accidentally um, faded up Steptoe again. I don't know whether you heard that. It's yeah, still no, running. I got that. <laughs> Sorry. It's, still, it's always there. It's a permanent <laughs> bed. Just no one understands. <laughs> uh, whilst we are talking of moving on, game week two, the fixtures are coming. Let's go. Saturday, 21st of August, we kick off with Liverpool versus Burnley in the early fixture. If you're wondering if there's going to be a Burnley in, that could be the most Burnley Burnley. Um, we also have Aston Villa versus Newcastle in the three o'clock kickoffs. We have my team playing at home against promoted side Brentford. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, like, I've got a ticket. I'm going to be there. Oh, um, lovely stuff. Possibly won't end well, but I don't fucking care. I'm going to be back at Sellers. If any listeners are also going and you're Palace fans, get in touch. We can meet for a beer or something. I'm oh. not paying for you, though. Um, <laughs> just so you know. No, um, I mean, they should pay for you because you're the famous person, right? Is that how this works? Go in your exactly. Manscaped yeah. t-shirt like you got yeah, on well, now. I'm exactly. wearing it now! <laughs> <laughs> I'm always promoed up. Um, then we have Leeds versus Everton. Leeds definitely expecting a comeback and Everton hoping to uh, consolidate their position after quite a good win um, against Southampton, even though it's Southampton. Man City <laughs> Norwich as well, buried in the three o'clock fixtures. Um, so who knows what could happen there. Um, be interesting to see if Norwich still just do attack the same way again or, or can get something. Yeah. Um, they will. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, that's the only way they know. They know, know no other way. Yeah. yeah oh, exactly. I thought you, I thought you were saying that Norwich will get something out of that game. Oh, I fucking hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go for it. Pep out, baby. Come on. <laughs> I mean, the Etihad, you know, that's probably the one team that won't benefit from a full stadium because no one's ever fucking there. <laughs> well, it's, um, never, it's never been a full stadium, even before the pandemic. Jesus Brighton Christ. play Watford. What a absolute horrific shit show. 5.30 on a Saturday, I'm out. Two, <laughs> two teams I hate the most in the league play each other at 5.30. The battle oh. of the underperformers there. <laughs> yeah. Not watching that shit. Um, <laughs> Sunday, 22nd of August, Southampton at home to Manchester United. We have the Nuno Espirito Santo derby, the Portuguese derby, however you want to label that one up as Wolves face Spurs at Molyneux. Chelsea get the pleasure of of heading to the Emirates, um, another stadium. Always a good day, except that when it's not. <laughs> probably probably won't benefit from fans being there. Um, <laughs> just hear shouts of fraud. It'll somehow be quieter <laughs> with the fans there. It will have negative noise. It'll be <laughs> like... Just absorbing all the noise. Yeah, exactly. The bodies absorb the sound made by the players. Being in one of those rooms where, yeah, there is zero reverberation whatsoever and everything just feels so muted and dissipates into a black hole void of... Arsenal, the team of zero reverberation. <laughs> hey, hey, they've got merch. All right, guys. Um, fair enough. Fair lots enough. of merch. You know they're going to get a result against Chelsea now too, by the way. Like that's how they lose to a promoted side, beat Chelsea, and then lose to another promoted side right after. Like I'm sure that would be them peak Arsenal. No, they don't. Um, <laughs> and then Monday night football, West Ham play against Leicester. Um, some good. Fi- they're all good fixtures. Let's have another good game week. I yeah. want another loads of goals. Oh, Let's have so fun. Good. It's been so good. Should we get the fuck out of here? 
Hell yeah. He's done the music before I said it. So thank you very, very much for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. It's been an absolute pleasure. Say goodbye, Mr. Oscar Puente. Goodbye, Mr. Oscar Puente. Say goodbye, Mr. Ian Stimson. Goodbye, Mr. Ian Stimson. And it's a big thank you to Johnny Worthington and Nate Whittam, our producers. One's got a girlfriend, one's got a wife, one's got an Xbox, and the other plays board games. Bye.